0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. IRacers, iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55 Carlos Fonseca. And that's it. Hey, what's up? Well, we got a lot to cover. Um, If we missed last week, you had a hard drive problem. Uh, That's part of the iRacing thing, right? Because you have hardware issues. It's kind of like having a car failure. All right. So good times there. Let's get right into it. Let's talk NIS. Uh, Bristol was uh, last week or the first week we missed there, uh, what a race. I got a P2 in the open, uh, ran top five all night actually in that race and was really in position to win, but didn't get it done. But boy, I'll take second, uh, any day at Bristol.
0: Certainly better than my week went.
1: Yeah. What'd you get?
0: I think the best I was able to get was
1: the 13th. And not too bad. Yeah, that was
0: pushing the car to you. That's just... I don't know. I'll take it, considering how slow I was the night before.
1: Right. I think I yeah, like, we don't actually have stats on the rest of the team. Uh,
0: I think I was a top split 13th. Yeah, not bad there. I don't remember what everyone else ran. I think jose had a decent run going until something happened again
1: yeah i i I recall racing with jose i was in his split for at least one of the events and he was uh always ahead of me he was doing well um but yeah bad luck i think uh over at the nascar iRacing series facebook page they put up uh some stats on Bristol, uh, 719 racers ran in the fixed. That's a lot. 27 different winder, winners. And uh, in open, 447 four hundred forty-seven racers with 19 different winners. And we'll compare those stats uh, to the f- next week, which was Richmond. Let's jump right into that. I had a nice uh, top 10, so did you. I had a P8 um, in the open, started 18th, and I quickly fell like a rock, actually, through the field back to 31st. I think I was probably just overdriving it that first run. Kind of came into the race with no practice. But uh moved up after that, you know, and just chipped away at it and eventually got up to 8th by the end.
0: Me and me, I just looked into that 10th place.
1: With a, what, attrition or what?
0: Yeah, for some people. and Some people, like six cars got wrecked on the last lap from some over-aggressive douchebag, but still. Not a bad finish, I guess, considering I was probably one of the slower cars there, just did not have the car to compete with the ones that were around me.
1: Right. Jose got 17th in that run. I think that was the run we were talking about. And... uh Thursday open, uh, basically got wrecked by myself, uh, wrecked by myself off two. just spun out and that's the worst feeling when you do it by yourself. And it's like not somebody else's, you know, fault. It's only on you and nobody else. And that's kind of hard to swallow. And I was definitely experiencing that that day. I was just like, dang, you know, and.
0: No, it's worse when you do the same thing on your own and take out an ex-teammate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you do it and take out other people, I guess it is worth.
0: Yep, lost it, and here's the problem. Cautions don't come out that easily and they sh- when they should, and it kind of forces you to overcorrect on purpose. It'll away just because you don't want to you know, just spin and then end up with no yellow at a short track like Bristol was. That's where that happened to me, but this was more of a situation when you get that sideways at Bristol, you have no choice but to crank it to the right as much as he can, and then it grabbed and just sent me the other way right into traffic.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, Richmond fixed. I ran uh, with Jose, and we both got taken out in a big lap at uh wreck, excuse me, a big wreck on lap three that was started by Robert Roush, uh, and uh, somebody we've run with for a long time, but yep, he, uh, hit the apron or something and came up and took out a bunch of good cars, including both Jose and I, that was, that was a tough one to swallow too. So, uh, stats, 762 racers did the fix, 464 did the open. Pretty similar numbers to the week before. It seems like we got a a core group of people. It seems like the fixed is always a higher participation than the open. That seems to be uh, consistent. Yeah.
0: Well, especially the past few weeks where everything's been changing every other week, it seems like no one has time to deal with open.
1: All right, uh, next up was uh, track guides. You're involved in uh creation of one of those, uh, Carlos. Uh, Nick Ottinger posted up the one from Richmond, and a I lot of views on
0: that. Even though there's not much in I don't know when they're going to post it, though.
1: Well, today's Tuesday. Hopefully soon, huh?
0: Yeah, sometime this week.
1: Yep, so... Yep, Richmond's up, uh, Talladega's coming, but yeah, those are neat videos. It's kind of interesting how it's expanded from just the lap, you know, the hot lap to, oh, now they give you, you know, all this other stuff like fuel mileage information and ideas about strategy and different things.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like what they did a few years ago, Everything was putting them up on their page. You know, they had their right. little hot lab guide segment, they did similar approach with the same people actually, or I think Nolan Scott had something to do with that. I don't know. But yeah, that's where you got the idea. Say, let's do that again. This time, just combine everyone who's involved.
1: Yeah, seems to be working. All right. Uh, that's NASCAR. What about Dirt? What, uh, what'd you run this week? I... I'll start. I basically didn't. I've uh, decided to quit giving up my i rating and so I really haven't run dirt for the last week or so. Thanks, uh, i-racing. I really want that dirt license, or uh, I'd be running it. Yep.
0: I forgot so what you run ran. a little
1: bit after the changes and stuff, right?
0: When the re- like recent ones today. Yeah. Yeah, I ran, ran a little bit, but haven't run officially yet. Did a race last week, though, at uh, Eldora. I just got to... I don't know where it is, but I need to learn to qualify better. I still can't get that down. I've been topping the charge first and second all week, it seems like. But in practices, but not when it comes to Q.
1: That's been hurting me. You gotta turn it on for one lap.
0: (laughs) The thing is, I always get into a session that's completely the opposite of what the car wants. You know, track conditions are all weird, and the right where I like to run is where all the slick part of the track was. Right. So I had to change lines, everyone had to adapt and go up next to the wall, and unfortunately, we didn't see no multi-groove racing in that race, because... The bottom was so worn out, everyone had no choice but to stay next to the wall. It's all single file, and you're just following whoever's up there and hope a guy in front of you makes a mistake, and that's what some guy did where I got to his outside, just enough so I could fly by him on the high side.
1: Yeah, that's you have to pass him on the outside, yeah.
0: I mean, you can pass on the bottom, but just in that particular race, the track was too worn out. Yeah, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. We ran 35 laps straight to the end. You know, green—that was a green flag run—and the right. The whole top of the track started to become so rough. We started to create ruts to where the car would just bounce over it. Right. So after it always happens when you get a long run like that. When you get a caution or something, it's fine. But when you get a long green run, it's it really tears the track up. That becomes tricky yep. to drive too because you're bouncing over everything. You're sideways and then you're not.
1: Yep. All right. Next up is uh, Peak. They ran a Phoenix and rookie. Well, he's rookie to the peak anyway. Bobby Zelensky took his first career win. So congratulations to him. It seems like uh, there's been a lot of young talent in the peak uh, doing well this year.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I was watching some of that with Matt B. Or I saw Matt Bisa, he was leading when I caught it. And I don't know what happened, but stuff. Looked like shenanigans started happening once that yellow came out. Or something happened. I didn't pay attention to all the race. I saw only some of it.
1: Yeah, I saw the highlights over at... uh, virtualgrip.net where it's uh, where i usually go to get uh, information about this race if i don't see it uh, they always have a great write-up uh with video and pictures and stuff so check that out if you want more information but a, a good race at phoenix uh at least from a, a spectator's point of view uh, from what i could tell
0: i just like there was you, some
1: action <laughs>
0: that's just like how you see uh, andrew fayash's car just sideways in the first picture mike you right. know that's going to end badly
1: uh, yep. And they're like three, four wide behind him.
0: Oh, yeah. That sucked, though, for that uh, Christian Chalner. I was watching from his point of view that Jason K. Miller put up. And he had a pretty good race going until I think he got caught under green flag runs under caution. Or under pits. He might have got you know trapped a lap down and that kind of bag and got caught up, I think, in that last drag.
1: Right. So that's another You're point. talking about the uh, Jason does the uh, crew chiefing for him, yeah. right? And so he does a live feed on YouTube where you can listen to what he's saying to yeah, his he, driver. I
0: don't know if it's live. It's just he posts it afterwards. I see. That was the only reason, way I got to see the race.
1: Probably because he doesn't want the competition to hear him real-time what he's deciding and stuff.
0: Yeah, he only really does minimal changes. He doesn't really talk about it that much. And... But yeah, it does help to have a guy crewing your car.
1: Right. That's all I got to see, you know. Well, he's especially up- uh, JK, huh?
0: Yeah, he's a, you know, Chalner's a really good driver, and he's one of those rookies, too, in the series. But he seems to have potential. He could just never, <laughs> he can never catch a break. Right. Like, he wrecked that thing on lap two or something at Texas.
1: So, yep, uh, congrats to Bobby Zielinski. Next up, uh, iRacing put together, I don't know who put together, but they tweeted out a video of Casey Kane uh, and his thoughts on the new dirt feature uh, in iRacing for, you know, running the sprint car. And it's kind of an interview with him as he talks about it. Uh, as he stands next to his iRacing-sponsored, you know, dirt car for the World of Outlaws tour. So, this is a great commercial. It'd be great if they could get some of this on TV or something, you know.
0: Yep, it'd be great to get him actually on this podcast.
1: There you go. That's a
0: long reach there, but it could be done.
1: Yep so obviously Casey Kane enjoys iRacing as a sponsor and even personally so a pretty cool little uh video they put out so check that out
0: yeah i kind of abandoned the sprint car went to the wingless instead
1: it's so much harder to drive it's funner kind of thing yep
0: i mean now that they with these updates they kind of fixed a lot of the issues But now you can feel the car, but that doesn't mean it's easy by any means. You just got to, you know, it's more predictable. Now you can feel what it's doing.
1: All right. So talking NASCAR, real world, uh, obviously big news uh, of the year of the decade, I guess. Dale Jr. is retiring after the 2017 season. And uh, of course, there's a thread on iRacing about it on the forums. And, um, Steve Myers put up something that I saw that, uh, you know, everyone's talking about Dale Earnhardt and what he brought to the sport and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, talking about what did he bring to iRacing and a lot of people don't know this, uh, but here's, I'm going to read what Steve uh, wrote. It says, it's hard to explain in a quick forum post, how instrumental Dale was in getting sim racing to the level it is today. Regardless of what you thought of him in any aspect of his life, you absolutely have a ton to be thankful for in his contributions to oval racing at Papyrus and i-racing in particular. And, uh, you oh. know, back in the day when he was promoting i-racing, that's the only promotion they had. That was their marketing, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, the whole thing that just sim racing in general that he helped out with was... He wouldn't really have met Denny Hamlin or Martin Truex Jr. if it weren't for that stuff, because they they would race online on N R or NASCAR Racing two thousand three, right? Yeah, that's how we pretty much found the talent that of a Denny Hamlin to get him into that, you know, into Joe Gibbs.
1: Well, yeah. So who did he bring from you know uh from sim racing over into NASCAR? It's a big list. It's like. Oh, yeah. Well, his spotter, TJ Majors, obviously. Um, Brad Keslowski, Martin Turex Jr., Josh Berry. Uh, who am I missing? Denny Hamlin. No, not Denny.
0: I think William Byron had something to do. No, never
1: mind. Yeah, William already Byron. Yeah. And the list goes well, on, that and helps. on and on. But back in the day, I mean, uh, Jr. was running a lot. He was racing a lot, and that's how he met all these people. Yep. So, anyway, pretty cool to see Steve Myers uh, at least mention that. And, hey, you know, Dale had a big impact on iRacing, too. Let's all remember that and keep that in mind. So... You mentioned it, but let's start going through what the what happened with the new wingless car. iRacing announced a a release, another one, season two patch four, and that was April twenty fourth, and that was for the wingless sprint car and other minor updates, basically. Wait 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 patch four. That's what that one. Oh, said. that was
0: the thing was just to release the wingless frame with a few other fixes. They update to fix the car were actually today.
1: Yeah, so now we're on five. That came out today, so, right? So they did want to release the car, and yep. there were some challenges with it. They worked on it, and then they put out another release today to fix it. Yep. Well, and now... so. That was available for purchase. Obviously, you bought it, Carlos. What do you think?
0: Well, I don't know. It was unbelievably hard to drive to begin with. And that's just mostly due to the fact you couldn't. All right, let's just go back to the other dirt cars. You have somewhat of a linear feel to how you're steering back to the right. You know, it's not just going to randomly snap and snap you into the wall. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> that wasn't the case with the wingless sprint, and you could go into the corner, and if you just stay in the gas a little bit too long, the whole ba- the back end will actually pass you going into the corner. So you're kind of backwards going in, and it's just not going to work out for racing. It's just some people couldn't handle it, and hell, I could barely get two laps in without, <laughs> you know, without heart rate going up.
1: So you buy with one car and you get the 410 or and the 360? Yeah.
0: You get both. Okay. And to be honest, the 410 is easier than the 360.
1: That seems odd.
0: Except now. You know, because uh, all right, the patch that they did, they kind of gave it more, like I said, more of that linear feel so you can feel what it's going to do. So it's not going to snap into the walls easy. You still got to drive it really hard, though. It's, I mean, you can't just stay full throttle you'll end up. Doing what I just talked about, passing yourself with the rear end of the car.
1: And so, huh? right after they released it, there, uh, a, a couple days later, you know, Steve Reese was collecting feedback on uh, the car. And he wrote up this in the forums. He said, In response to some real life driver feedback we received from yourself and others, we've made some adjustments and development over the past few days to give the car more side bite especially on a tacky track, so you can drive it in harder, have it bicycle more, sit down on the right rear more, etc. Hopefully, we can finish those changes up in the next week and get them out. And so uh, that's what they released this morning was those fixes that he's referring to. But they got a bunch of feedback, and they immediately reacted and made some tweaks to the car. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Another thing about that is uh, the whole side deal is not quite existent in the way that you would expect it to be. From another post I saw, some guy saying it's more of a forward bite, but at least now it feels like it's doing something because this car's a lot more sideways than the regular winged sprint and late model. You're just more sideways, and you're getting forward bite, which is contributing to also some side bite. So something to do with that also helped the car be drivable. And I can say it's not easy by any means. Still, it's just you can drive it now without killing yourself. Yeah, I mean I. I can do a race now. I'm ready for a race on that thing. Before, there's no way in hell is going to run a race.
1: So, the last thing he says, bottom line, as long as people are willing to provide constructive feedback, I'm willing to continue tweaking on the physics.
0: That's well, a good thing for the fact is you have all these real-world drivers, they were they too were complaining about the car not being quite, a, you know, right. They couldn't feel it and it was too much like on a pivot. So with with their, I guess, criticism and constructive feedback there, they tweak this thing to where I think it's perfect. They need to leave it alone. You know, after this particular update, I think it feels great. You know, it has the right amount of difficulty as well as it's still drivable. I don't want them to kind of pull a, you know, NIS and make their car a little too easy to drive. Well, some tracks. Richmond was kind of tough for me.
1: All right. Uh, next, next up, uh, clever marketing campaign. I'm not sure who who's uh, started it, but I think it started with Knoxville Racing. Uh, Knoxville Raceway, I should say. And uh, Knoxville Raceway, they tweeted out a picture with no words at all on their Twitter on April 20th, showing the iRacing scanner van sitting outside their track. And sure enough, uh, later on that day, uh, it, it was announced it's official. Uh, iRacing is going to get Knoxville Raceway and they're scanning it, uh, last week.
0: It's about time. I'll tell you then your late models are going to be super fun at that track.
1: Yeah. Cause what is it?
0: A half mile. But it's like a yeah big half, mile, half mile. I mean, it's like wide, flat corners, which makes it'll make it a real funly model. May race some of this on our factor, and it's the kind of track that we needed from the beginning.
1: And over at KnoxvilleRaceway.com, they put up an article quoting Casey Kane saying, "Uh, it's one of the best half mile dirt tracks in the world with one of the most prestigious events." It's going to be fun to be able to run it on the sim whenever I want.
0: Having a laser scan version of it is going to be great.
1: And so that was pretty cool. That got announced. uh, So that will be coming. Okay, next up is the Chevy. Racing simulator, they put out a video of Jeff Gordon in the Chevrolet Performance Racing Simulator in Charlotte, I believe it's where it is. And it's a 180 degree projection screen surrounding this giant, you know, cart, you know, cockpit thing that's as large as a car or almost as large as a car. And it's on complete hydraulic platform that moves, you know, 360 degrees kind of thing.
0: What are they using? Is it iRacing? Because, like, you see an external view, but that's definitely not iRacing. But you see where he's looking at? Yeah, it looks it, like iRacing. Yeah, it's
1: not iRacing, I don't think. I think it's some R-Factor version. No. Well,
0: that's a disappointment.
1: That is. Um John Ham or yeah, old well, John Hammer, he uh posted up about it. Uh the Pratt and Miller is the name of the simulator. It's by Pratt and Miller. That's who made it.
0: Yeah, unless it's R Factor two, they could be using that too, unless or it's R Factor Pro.
1: Something like that, yeah. Because R
0: Factor Two actually is the only other sim that comes close to like realism, I guess, in terms of uh, NASCAR vehicles. Because they do have them on there.
1: Yeah, simracingpaddock.com did a uh, a write-up on it, and they confirm it is R-Factor 2. Oh, is it?
0: Yeah, because R-Factor 2. It's just their stock cars. They're generic cars, really. But you can, like, download paints for it and make them look Regular, but yeah, that's the only other sim I think that's close to iRacing in terms of realism and oval cars.
1: Isn't that the same sim that Alex Baldwin? Uh, Alex Baldwin? <laughs> Alex Bowman is the one that's running for Hendrick's all the time. I don't know. It must be. I seen some
0: Alex Bowman name on here on iRacing in dirt. What if it's the same one.
1: Yeah, it does show, if you watch the video a little longer, Alex Bowman in the car. Jeff Corden is watching, but uh, Bowman looks right at home in there. Looks like he spends a lot of miles on that thing.
0: And they, they better put him in that 88.
1: Uh, he deserves it, you know? I think I mean, I've been thinking about who should get it. He He deserves it. He earned it.
0: Now, even like people keep saying William Byron, William Byron, but he even himself said he's not ready for cup, he's too young. Or he said something like, Yeah, everyone would like to go to cup, but I need another year or so here before I even get offered a cup, ride Or something like that. He said it about himself. So, I mean, look what's happening with Suarez right now. I don't honestly don't think he was ready, even though he won the Xfinity championship. I still think he needed another year before he uh, got put in a cup car. Right. Because he's struggling quite a bit in the 19. Though he does always somehow pull off a decent finish after being lapsed down in the race.
1: Well, we still don't know the real reason he's in the car. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure I don't know. someone paid Joe Gibbs a bunch of money to put him in the car. Um, that's what likely happened. Uh, somebody from Mexico paid for this. It's either his family paid for it and his family apparently is quite rich. Yeah, uh, or even the, for uh, the billionaire Carlos Slim is a uh frequent sponsor, personal sponsor for Suarez. It
0: just seems odd to throw him in the car right away. Even if you were offered money.
1: Hey, if they're gonna give you know, Joe Gibbs twenty five million a year to run him. I mean, you're not going to tell him no.
0: And then again, what if it costs them 26 million a year to run the car and fix it again? Or build new ones? I don't know. And again, a couple cars really aren't that expensive compared to others.
1: Okay, next up. David Phillips from iRacing posted up, uh, Hey, are you, uh, painters, are you up for a challenge? Uh, Tech magazine from the UK is doing a story on Fernando Alonso's Indy 500 effort. Uh, the magazine goes to press very soon. And, uh, there's no images available of Fernando in a Indy car available as of right then. And, uh, they wanted us to provide virtual images instead. So they reached out to iRacing and, Hey, can you help us, you know, put something together, you know? So, basically, he asked, hey, do you, is anybody interested in painting a nice helmet uh, paint scheme and, uh, you know, obviously car paint scheme uh, for the McLaren car? So, if you're a painter, what an opportunity, you know? But, uh, shortly after that, he posted in a different thread, hold all your horses uh color me stupid but we already heard from uh michael peters who designed the livery on stefan wilson's car last year's indy 500 and he was uh and he's apparently doing the artwork so uh apparently they already found somebody to do it but uh, how cool is it fernando Alonso coming i bet you he's running our racing getting ready
0: not sure how much help it would be, but yeah, it could get him a feel. Just because it'd be a different downforce package.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, all right, cool. Next up. It was a funny post. I found it in the Facebook. Uh, Facebook's getting kind of fun for iRacers, uh, There's a lot of different iRacing groups. This one is iRacing Drivers World, and uh, it has 4,653 members in this group. Anyway, this guy, Matthew Williams, posted up his cheap do-it-yourself racing simulator. You know, he has a chair that he, you know, mounted on a piece of wood, and he's got a little stand for his monitor that's made out of wood, and he's got a little TV tray for the laptop. But over on the right is this big, uh, clear, like, you know, five gallon container and it's full of some yellow liquid and he's using it for a keyboard and a mouse stand. <laughs> and so it was kind of funny because, uh, somebody, I think it was uh, Jim Peterson comment, commented up, Hey, is that a container of piss on the right? i uh, use that during the race to, uh, so you don't have to get up from the chair. Anyway, it was pretty comical. So kudos to Jim Peterson for calling that out. I think a few people might have saw that in the picture and uh, uh, had to make a comment about that. All right, next up was the release notes for the Season 2, Patch 4, and um, they released those and then what do they have in here, Carlos, that we even need to talk about they they obviously were fixing those changes to the car the dirt sprint car that we already talked about the wingless one
0: wait what's that a release Was we're looking at today's batch or last week's
1: the last week
0: oh hell that was just minor updates other stuff except for the late model that was kind of a big one there if you ask me they removed uh, the second gear or first gear, they call it. So it's only a one-speed, you know, gearbox now for the transmission on the dirtly models.
1: Yep. Yeah. and it looks like uh, the dirt tracks they did starting stalls have been angled slightly to the right.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like leaving pit road or something. So and
1: obviously, like, the new car was released in that release last week.
0: Yep. They're going back to that lead model. Thing is, the real cars do have two gears. One's a high gear and low gear. So you have two. One's mainly for taking off on pit road. And then you go to second gear. So completely removing that one gear, I guess, seemed like the quickest solution. Since you're already going to be in high gear anyway by the time you uh, like do a restart. Yep. Yeah, that's how it should be in the real world, but... Yeah, there was a few adjustments there, and you also had those adjustments on the... Ah, never mind. I was waiting for the new patch.
1: Yeah, so the other thing was improved engine sound samples on the Dirt Late model. That was the pro version. Oh, yeah. They improved the pedal calibration routine. I haven't tried it since they've improved it, but apparently the pedal calibration routine is a little bit different. I don't know. Uh, and then a paint, the paint kit was updated. Uh, that's where you do the painting on the website, you know, not using paints. Uh, it says here all cars that have never been painted by a user, including new purchases will now automatically have the user's helmet color scheme applied to them along with a random pattern and a random set of sponsors. So that means you'll never see the white cars anymore.
0: Let's count my One, my sprint car. Haven't painted it or nothing.
1: Oh yeah, that wasn't working
0: the first week or right. last week or whatever. It wasn't working properly.
1: Okay. I still got a pink one. And then, so after that release came out, then we started identifying issues, uh, in the forum. Um, the first one was, uh, the 360 series was actually using the 410 car. So if you went and ran the 360 race, it was the wrong car. So they had to fix that.
0: What a surprise that was. (laughs) I found that out right away when I got into a session under the 360 because I didn't want to jump to the 410 right away. And that's what they give you. (laughs) You see 410 up there in the right-hand corner. Right. So even then, I'm still making the mistake because it took, you know, to the next day to fix that. And I was already used to the 360 being the 410, so I'm would, i still picking that just now, you know. (laughs) I'm picking the wrong series again because I got used to the original error.
1: So, the next issue found was that all those changes to the paint center, uh, apparently you're not able to save the car after you do the painting. And so, that became a problem. They were investigating that. And um, there was the wrong setup put in for the Richmond races, apparently. And they were failing, uh, you know, failing in the garage. So... They were way too low, apparently, and were bottoming out. What was? Yeah, well, I don't know how quick they fixed the Richmond setup. Apparently, it started with the the week started oh, yeah. uh, with the wrong uh, setup.
0: That was weird. I think that only ha- it seemed to happen to only a handful of people.
1: they probably to- fixed it quick. I was able to test
0: that up until they uh, fixed it. It never happened to me, but wasn't it the same with some of the Ford? Which is like Cosms. Yeah, you can see it sparking like crazy. On some people's Oh well, they fixed it. Good enough. Yep.
1: yep. Uh next up CEO of i Tony Gardner, put up a rare post. Um uh, commented on a thread thread about something, but anyway, what he said was about carts on iRacing. He said, we've experimented with a cart on Alpha, but determined it does not fit well with a couple of our current models and systems, so karting would require more research and development work in several areas, maybe someday.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more factors in karting with that, and that's mostly forced feedback
1: because you'll never get that
0: proper feel.
1: Oh, because there's no power steering, right?
0: No, yeah, they just have a weird, uh, it's like you're on the front wheels because you're sitting, you know, everything's so compact together, all the weight's like on top of it, and even hell, R-Factor 2 has cars and even they can't really get that crap right. Or a lot of people say it's not heavy enough and if you try to turn it up on your wheel, you'll just start clipping.
1: Anything right next,
0: Leobender crap.
1: Uh, next up, somebody posted up. Uh, how come it, with the dirt car, it's not, it does not show wheelies and touting to the left front while racing, but it shows it during the replays. And uh, Steve Reese from iRacing did comment up. The answer to this is the difference is due to how the remote opponent cars are handled versus the local player car. The remote cars are a very simplified model that allows you to race others over the internet in real time. The replay actually back patches info from the more complicated model and allows it to be viewed more correctly as an opponent would see his or her own car in a replay. We're looking into options to improve the look of the remote cars while racing for some of the more dramatic differences we see between the two here in the dirt cars. i didn't really realize that was happening that that the replays were showing more you know content basically than you see when you're actually in a race i
0: don't know how is it like in a race only or practices because i see similar things that i'm looking at the front of my car it looks the same in the replay or or is it just from like their point of view like you can't see what the opponent cars are doing
1: I, he he refers to replays only. So if you're like rewinding kind of thing, that's the way I read it.
0: Speaking of that, the whole update to the wingless sprint with the four ten, eh, now there's a lot of grip on that right rear in a way to where you get a lot of wheelie popping. Now it's like really easy in the really easy to do in the four ten. Right. I mean it's. You got to set up the car to try to keep it planted because the front wheels are lifting up and I am struggling there in a the practice because there's still some grip on the outside. But if you get out there, then it picks up the left front and if it bounces any little bit, it's going to just send you into the air. 360
1: drive below. All right, we got another sighting of the iRacing scanner van. This time at somebody's house where there's in the picture, a dirt modified. And so, uh, this is the tweet from Justin Thomas. Uh, he Twittered out a picture, got to be part of the testing process and see the scanning process. And it was an awesome. Fun day uh, with iRacing So dirt modified, uh, getting scanned folks. How how much different is that going to be from the late model, the dirt late model?
0: I see. It looks like a late model, and a, I don't know, some open wheeler like a silver crown mixed together.
1: Yeah, that's why I call it a modified. It looks like a modified to me.
0: It's like three quarters late model, the front end's completely different. Looks like they have a lot more side force.
1: Yep. Okay, next up, uh, iRacing put out a little video of a recap of the World of Outlaws sprint car series at Williams Grove on the sim. Uh, They got an official, you know, broadcasted series going. And guess who uh, dominated the field? Christopher Bell from NASCAR and won the race. Just announced, I think, two days ago, Christopher Bell has a uh, seven-race Xfinity schedule now for 2017 with uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, I believe.
0: I should have tried to race this thing. I've seen a couple of them that I've raced. Or is it a league only? Or No, this is I'm official race. I'm not even race. sure. No, I actually caught this the other day live. I was watching and see who it was in the field there. I don't know. There's a couple guys in there I knew. I don't know. I'm slow in these cars. I'm not good in the wing sprints.
1: All All Alright, next up. iRacing did an announcement about Time Attack by uh, putting out a video that describes what Time Attack is all about. So, it's basically you race... The car on a track, and your best lap counts, and then they give you a grid of you know who on the service has the fastest laps. Basically, it's kind of like a world record thing, is the way I read it.
0: might be well, Grand Turismo days, because they would have a big old list like that for every track, and your best, you know, time in a certain car, I guess, because there's literally a thousand cars on that game. Right. Similar approach.
1: Yeah. So they, you can hot lap as much as you want. Uh, but they discount the fastest one. That's the only thing that counts. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, uh, there's no tire wear or fuel run, uh, fuel adjustments that can be made there, but there is no tire wear either, which is kind of weird. Well, that's going to benefit hot lampers. So, uh, some people started talking here uh, about time attack. Once the video came out, uh, Tony Gardner actually wrote up to some of the uh, questions. Uh, He said, it does not mention in the video, but it should also be noted that we disabled burning any fuel and wearing tires for time attack. The tri- tires will still heat up the, the same as usual. Therefore, there's no incentive to try and burn fuel or scrub tires to this or that. For example, we do not want people driving slow for 50 laps to oh, burn yeah. fuel and then try to run their fast lap. That would take the fun out of it. Yep.
0: I mean, the tire wear deals, like they do on dirt right now. There is no tire wear, but there is higher heat.
1: Right. And then some people were talking about what's the difference between time attack and time trial. Because we've had time trials forever, right? Nobody ever does that, do they?
0: I forgot they existed.
1: They're still there. Uh, I haven't run them since the first year I bet was on iRacing. I I think I
0: only did those for like MPR. You know, run like two or more time trials, you know, to get your license up. Right, but hell, I've been an A license for like three years now or more.
1: Yeah, it took it took so long too to actually work. It wasn't very effective.
0: I mean, it worked for like safety rating and stuff if you could keep it on track. And that's I had to do that in the road cars because I lost my A license. I had to use the time trials to get it back. But yeah, it took a few a uh, few time trials to do
1: that. One guy had a good explanation of the difference between these two things. Uh, He put time attack, that's run one clean lap as fast as you can with no tire wear or fuel distraction. But a time trial is run six to ten clean consecutive laps as fast as you can and take your average lap time from those laps while dealing with tire wear and fuel. So there are differences between the two. I think they should have combined them or at least got rid of time trial and brought in time attack. Why have both? I, you know, I, I I wonder if anyone actually uses time trial. Okay. So next up about this is Tony Gardner also said, assuming testing and load testing go well, time attack could roll out in June with a preview version of the new UI user interface. From the new UI, you will not be able to do everything in June, but hopefully you will be able to do time attack, join official races, join time trials, join open practice, join test sessions, hosted sessions, and hopefully be able to create hosted races. However, creating hosted races from the new UI will be a tight schedule for June. You still will be able to do all that from the existing website as well. Then as time goes along, the plan is More and more will be available in the new UI. For example, in June, the new UI will not include teams or team functionality, league functionality, or stats, or spectator or ghost racing. So the new UI is coming and it's in June with Time Attack, at least uh, some portion of it. I don't know what to think about the new UI. I'm happy with the website, but. Okay, next up. We were talking in the past about. The difference between NIS and peak. And the grooves that were available when there's only a five car difference in the field count? And why is it different on NIS versus the peak? So um, Tyler Hudson had, had uh, posted up, hey, so far the data has shown it's working as it should. So they remember they were looking into it. He did indicate that everything is working as it should be. So I guess that's the end of that. All right, Uh, next up was a piece on the forums about somebody posted up what a a poll, basically, where you vote. What uh, update do you want the most as far as, uh, you know, what do you want iRacing to put out next? And the astounding winner after 868 votes was the day-night transitions. So, I thought that was kind of interesting. The other options on the poll were new cars and tracks, uh, weather, rain, graphics updates, new UI, time attack, and rally cross. But by an overwhelming majority, the day night transition won that yep. out.
0: That's what I picked.
1: I'm sure that's what you picked. You know, you've been wanting that for a while. Uh old friend of the show, Scotty uh sent me over something he found on his Facebook feed. It was an advertisement from Goodyear Footwear USA. Yeah, Goodyear the tire company is making shoes, and they're targeting iRacers. In fact, the advertisement says iRacing fans use discount code iRacing for 15% off of your orders. They have a website, GoodyearFootWearUSA.com. I actually checked it out. and They got some really nice-looking racing kind of shoes, black and white, $50, $49.99, and they say Goodyear along the bottom of them. They're kind of cool. There's another low-top shoe that says Goodyear Racing along the side of it. Um, so if you're a NASCAR fan, these shoes are probably for you, and don't forget the uh, discount code IRACING. find Scotty thank you for sending that in and uh, I'll take story ideas from anybody who sends them in Uh, hit me up on Facebook messenger or email or whatever Twitter next up Commodore's Garage they put out another uh, article this time covering a lot of different minor settings like uh, break bias Steering ratio, steering lock, steering offset, rear steer, truck arms, and link angles. So, uh, what do you think, Carlos? Do you know about all those things I just said?
0: Uh, most of that, (laughs) except the last two.
1: You're pretty solid with brake bias.
0: That rear steer deal, truck arm deals. I have no clue what the hell they're talking about there, but everything else I cannot get. And that's actually my complaint when they're talking about a steering mock. That's my biggest complaint with all GT cars. And anything that's like locked to like... It's like half or a quarter that of a regular street car. You know, if you get sideways and you will try to correct it. If you're too beyond a certain point, you're not going to save the car. NASCAR vehicles, they have similar steering to an average street car. In a way, so you can really crank the wheel and it'll... Yeah, you the know, front tires turn you know that amount that you're expecting it it's kind of right. like throw in there with a steering ratio you know it's like tied to steering lock as well on some cars right like the sprint car for example their steering lock and steering ratio are tied into like one setting which is just usually steering ratio is all it's called right like, the Dirt Late model has an 8 to 1 to 16 to 1 steering ratio, and that's not really, you know, just making it more, you steer quickly or slowly. That's controls actually how much the front tires turn. So if you have it at 8 to 1, you're going to be able to turn a lot more, yeah, you know, back to the right and say, 16 to 1.
1: So you might have different steering ratios depending on how big the track is or how small it is, how tight the yeah, turns are. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Mostly just how how comfortable you are with it i use eight to one everywhere huh? yeah it's just my yeah that's what i got used to
1: next up uh tyler hudson posted his setup again for this time the dirt super late model for eldora uh so it's on the forums for anybody to get so Scrap you can't it. say you don't have a good oh is it no good anymore <laughs> it's good
0: but you have to make some changes remember they updated today.
1: Oh, that's right. They have the updates. So that changed you can that. actually
0: take that set and well will tweak it. And it'll
1: still be usable.
0: It's not as good as it was to begin with, though. But it was pretty good, though. When I got to test it last week.
1: Alright. Next up. The coolest racing rig I've ever seen in my life this time. It's a three-seater motion rig for iRacing and it's got the driver's seat is in the middle and he's got like two observer seats on either side but back about a foot so they're kind of sitting kind of behind him but beside him and so he's driving the whole thing is moving and obviously he has you know passengers with him and uh it's this amazing looking the whole thing moves the monitors move with the cockpit they're all they're all on this huge hydraulic rig this an amazing uh thing and i imagine taking this to like the trade shows and stuff and then you put like a real driver in the, you know behind the wheel and then you bring in you know your your vip people and set them in the passenger seat and let them experience what it feels like.
0: Yeah, so it's uh Well I it's a to, pretty
1: cool looking rig. Yeah, we're to
0: go look at the video and the sound was on.
1: Oh. So yeah, so that yeah. video uh check that out. It's fifth gear real F1 Racing Sim. It's on YouTube. But uh boy I was blown away by how cool that looks uh with the the passengers. Okay, so let's uh keep cruising. Next up was the the patch 5 for season 2 released this morning as we discussed before. And um they put out release notes for that uh our good friend John Hammer put up a very nice comment I wanted to read on the air that was very uh, well-deserved, I want to say, and I kind of mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. He says, well, I'll let John say it. He says, quote, I like that they are really going all in with this patch method, very responsive, much improved. Also feel like there's a bit more consistency in the form responses, or at least on the oval side, now that Tyler is there with Steve Reese. I'd like to see the release notes have more details when bug fixes have impacts on race car chassis setups. Excellent stuff. Thank you. And I agree, and I kind of said that before, they're literally taking our feedback and believing it, because a lot like you said, a lot of people uh, that are providing the feedback are actually dirt racers in real life, and they're implementing that feedback, you know, and so they put out a car. They got feedback for a week. They made some changes. They put out, you know, changes to the car. So that's new to iRacing. We really haven't had that in the past where they're that responsive to, you know, hey, something's broke. They're like, yeah, we'll get it in the next build, you know, in three months or something like that. But not, you know, a week later, oh, we'll turn around and fix it. Um, And right before the release, uh, yesterday, I think it was, uh, Steve Rees posted up about the uh, USAC non-wing sprint car. He's doing our last build and testing today. If all goes as planned, we'll have the patch out this week. Real-life driver feedback throughout the weekend testing of the physics update has been amazing. I'm told it gives the wing car a pretty strong run for its money in terms of realism. Stay tuned. Thank you again for your patience. So that went well. Uh, Next up was Tony Gardner uh, doing his uh, quarterly post to all the different forums about, hey, uh, if you'd like to submit a track schedule for the next season, please do so by May 22nd. You can send them to tony.gardner at iRacing.com. Uh, Please only send community-based schedules. And so if you run a particular series, this is your opportunity to get together with your peers and determine what tracks you want to see on the schedule, in what order. And if you submit those to iRacing, they will strongly, uh, you know, they'll at least consider what you've written and uh, make a final determination if that's the schedule they're going to use or tweak it or whatever. They won't always go with what you guys propose, but uh, if it makes sense, they certainly will. Uh, The other thing, uh, Tony's been busy. He also posted up uh, about Myrtle Beach, uh, a track in Myrtle Beach. It says it's going to be close, but Myrtle Beach should make the June release. for uh, For other paved tracks, also working on Snedderton circuit in the UK and Pocono rescan, but both of those will not make the June release. So I thought they of forgot course. about Pocono. <laughs> of course they make the
0: update to the best track and make it worse.
1: I don't I... know about Myrtle Beach. Do you know the name of that? Nope. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. And again, Pocono does
0: need it just because of how different the track is now. Well, didn't they it.
1: change in Pocono the, the pit wall quite a bit?
0: They changed that. You got the whole new pavement. You have all the some bumps taken out of uh, the tunnel turn. everything smoother. And, and man, they just changed a lot. And that was a while ago they changed it, so good thing they're talking about it.
1: It was a while ago they scanned it. I, I want to say it, at least two or three years ago or something. Me, I'd prefer
0: to leave it alone and keep it, yeah, like the unpaved version just because i'll probably start struggling at that track because of the new pavement when they do that because that's what happened to phoenix
1: okay next up uh, somebody was posting uh they're getting black flags for passing the leader when the leader was at least five car lengths ahead and apparently there's other drivers that have experienced this as well. Have you heard about this? This was in the winged sprint car, 410.
0: Yep, never done that. I don't think I've done a race in them things.
1: Okay. Yeah. And uh, Steve Reese actually posted that they are looking into the issue to find out what it's about. But that's a fairly new one that came out. So maybe you don't want to be running second until they get that fixed. Uh, The release notes for today's release is next. Uh, Obviously, they fixed uh, the dirt late model a bit, dirt sprint car non-winged. They updated the physics there. Uh, They did some baseline setup tweaks on the uh, cup cars as well.
0: I don't know, did they update? I thought they just put new setups in there. It
1: says... Baseline setups have been updated.
0: Yeah, something like that, I'm guessing. Cause they still didn't have the full list. Okay. Fix-its.
1: Uh, next up the we we talked about this in the past, the spotter disappearing problem. And, uh, David Tucker put up in that thread that, uh, they actually put some code in to help debug this. During, when you're in the sim, you can actually type colon spotter in the text chat window. It will dump a small status string uh, to see how your spotter is behaving. And so he, it shows a screenshot and he typed into the little text box in the sim, the colon spotter. And then it says, then it came up and it said sound enabled equals one. Mute. Live spotter equals one has live spotter equals zero. So I guess if you had a live spotter it would say one instead of zero. So that's a good way to tell if somebody came in and is uh classified as your spotter. You I don't like know it what a else that'll... Is it a semicolon? That's what it looks
0: like, but it kinda looks like I I can't see it. It's such a small picture.
1: Yeah. Anyway, check that out if you're interested or have that problem. You might try that little debugging string. Next up, uh, David Tucker also posted up, which I like to review this ever so often. I know we've talked about this in the past, but hey, what's the best way to set up a G27 wheel? Um, Make sure you have the Logitech profiler installed that your wheel shows as G27 and not some, something like driving force. If, uh, you know, you should bump the rotation to 900 degrees. In the sim, you should use the settings of linear as unchecked, dampened oscillations checked, damping 10%, minimum force 10%, force 12. And then don't forget about the F9 black box after you've run the car for one minute and you'll be able to tap the auto button to adjust the force adjustment to the specific car and track you're on. So hopefully that helps somebody. uh, Everybody's got to get those settings right at least once if you have one of those wheels. All right, we're running late. We're going to finish up here with just a couple more. found a video of iRacing dirt cars on what's called the 401 CR Motion Platform. And uh, shows this guy running uh, dirt on a a simulator that literally spins on an axis. So as he goes around the track and takes left turns, the simulator literally moves to the left. And as he goes around turn one and two, three and four, the, the simulator literally turns it into an entire circle as he is circling the track. And uh, anyway, and it's, it's interesting, uh, especially with the dirt car, you know, and, and how this particular uh, motion uh, cockpit works. We saw a lot of good cockpits this week. Uh, so let's keep cruising. Uh, next up, well, obviously, I'm going to talk a little, I want to talk a little bit more about that cockpit. If you go to force dynamics.com, you can see uh, their website. And boy, uh, there's a nice little video here of showing it in action. And boy, it is pretty awesome looking. It's got the hydraulic arms, it's on a spinning platform. It says the force dynamics design struts deliver 500 pounds of peak thrust for up to two G's of instantaneous acceleration.
0: I'm watching this guy use that on Grand Theft Auto.
1: Looks like it's a company based out of New York. Uh, boy, you know, if I was looking at motion, I'd be looking at this. This looks awesome. Sparco racing seat. It's got seat belts the whole nine yards. Looks like 7.1 surround. Little plexiglass panels that kind of encompass the seat. Nice, nice, nice rig. Wow. It's almost as good as that other one I saw. Okay, next, uh, AMD uh, launched. It's new Radeon RX 500 series of graphics cards, built around the refined version of its Polaris architecture. These new cards feature higher clock speeds and perform better than the RX 400 series they're replacing. These come in 4GB and 8GB varieties. Suggested retail price $229 for the 8, $199 for the 4. It's a good deal. Yeah. I mean two twenty nine for the eight gigabyte card. That's uh a, a good deal, like you said, and that that should run pretty good on iRacing. What do you think?
0: That'd probably be comparable to ten seventy. Right. Except almost half the price.
1: Right. That's the whole thing. I mean the price is what's killer. Two twenty nine. It's a full size, you know, graphics card. And it looks like all the different, uh, you know, manufacturers have their own version, like there's a gigabyte version, power color, Sapphire, uh, MSI has a version, ASUS has a version out. Looks like it's got five video outputs on the side of that ASUS. So pretty cool uh, video cards. If you're in the market, check those out. Uh, Simracingpaddock.com put up an article about Derek Spear. We haven't heard from him in a while. He used he makes button boxes and stuff. He teases some upcoming products here in this article, including a, a vector bot- button controller, a wheel. A a Formula 1 style wheel with several buttons and knobs on it. A drop-in load cell kit for the Logitech pedals, G27 pedals. And, uh, boy, I mean, the wheel looks really good. There's also a handbrake he's working on. But the steering wheel, if you're looking for a Formula One style steering wheel, this would definitely be one to look at.
0: It's like a wheel amp, button box into one.
1: Right. And it just plugs into USB, so can't get better than that. That's pretty cool. It just looks like the wheel itself, not a, uh, you know, Full motor system. and all that. All right, next up, uh, Sim Racing Paddock also had an article on Sparco. We talked about Sparco before uh, releasing their first Sim Racing products. And they now have a chassis. It's called the Evolve Chassis, and it's a cockpit, it's a stationary cockpit. Uh, it's got a nice seat, obviously, a Sparco seat. It's got a, a platform for the pedals. And it's got a thing that comes up on either side with a platform for the steering wheel. So kind of an entry level kind of cockpit. Uh, They also announced uh, sim racing leather gloves as well as standalone Sparco desk chairs that look like racing chairs. So if you're sitting at a desk and you want to upgrade your chair in front of that desk, this would be really nice. So check that out. Uh, Next up, we talked a little bit last week about we wonder if anybody's been affected by the move to DX11, 64-bit Windows only. And we really hadn't had any examples of people being caught out by that. I found one in the forums. Uh, This guy, Aaron Wilton from Australia, uh, he said, uh, for some reason, after I download the updates, when I go to install them, I get an error stating it could not load. Haven't used iRacing for about two months, jumped on and updated, and now this, I did a repair, Uh, what's the deal? And so, then Flint from iRacing did some investigating with him and asked is your Windows operating system 32 or 64-bit? Turns out he was running 32-bit Windows and that's why it didn't work. So we finally have an example of somebody who got affected by that. that seems to be a still a low count. Final topic, uh, real-life racing. Uh, Daryl Lanigan took the win in the iRacing late model at the Atomic Speedway back on the 21st. Uh, Congrats to Daryl Lanigan. Again, iRacing out there on the dirt tracks uh, in real life uh, on some of these cars. So that's the uh, Clint Boyer team, I believe. So, it looks like the, uh, we, we've been aligned with winners, both on the I mean, Clint Boyer is, side and Ty Majeski. What?
0: what series? Uh, Lucas Oil Dirt? Something like that? It's
1: a Lucas, uh, Lucas Oil Dirt series, I believe. Yeah, they I think call they
0: it. actually televised something like this <laughs> yeah, on Sunday. Right. When I was waiting for the cup race to start, they had this on beforehand. Not this particular race, but I think uh, some... I don't know if this is a pro-late model this guy's in, but a super late.
1: And that I was think it, pretty it looks like a pro-late model to me.
0: It's but, hard to tell. Uh, they look exactly the same. Right.
1: All right. That's, uh, that's it. Final thoughts, Carlos. What final thoughts? It's Talladega week. Oh, God. So you watched me run earlier today in the A Open. I ran sixth after making some huge mistakes on pit road, but still somehow got back to sixth, thanks to a, a caution. But uh, I'm excited this week uh, for Talladega. I think uh, our team is going to do well. We always do well at Talladega. I typically can get a win if I'm lucky. So I'm hoping for a win.
0: I'm just hoping not to get wrecked.
1: <laughs> and our set, uh, is not too bad. I mean, we we were going to make some changes on it before tomorrow, but. I think we're ready. We can get everybody involved on the team to come out and actually run. Yeah. Um, that's, that's good, the trick. So uh, usually, uh, we can get everybody in on these plate races. So I hope everyone shows up. And uh, what do you think about, Let's. What, I want to ask you, what about the June release? I mean, are you excited for t- Time Trials? Is that what they call it? Time Attack is what Time it Attack. Uh, I don't really care. Yeah. I think it's going to be like Time Trials. Uh, maybe I'll try it once and then I'll never see it again. I don't know. I think there's probably an audience out there for that. You know, uh, especially the road guys, who are trying to see who's the biggest guy on the block, you know? Yeah. Here, the
0: only damage thing I can do consistently up near the front is uh, the pro and superlates.
1: Right. But that's but it. we'll see. And then the new UI, you know, like it's exciting about the new UI coming out. Kind of nervous about that. How is it going to change the experience, you know? I don't like to run the sim when I'm not racing because my computer gets hot. And that's oh. a concern I've had from day one when they announced this.
0: I don't know. My my ordeal, I think, is uh, going to be more like uh, Orsetto Corza. They have a, I guess, similar approach to their AI or UI. And, uh, it, you know, my GPU only uses what it needs. When it comes to that, it's just like a... You can still, like, access your desktop, you know, by just clicking onto another screen. You know, it's still, like, not
1: considered
0: in-game in a way, so I think that's how Yeah,
1: if it doesn't load down my graphics card, I'll be fine.
0: No, I'd only put on this little, just a little bit of a strain for just, like, like 5% worth until you actually, you know, start going into a session. Then I'm sure that's when you'll get your regular usage. Right. I mean, that's what I'm guessing because the way I looked at it when I saw that video, it looks similar to something like a Soto Corsa.
1: All right. And if you want to reach out to iRacers Lounge, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, with that, we'll see you later.
0: Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.